0: Hello, everyone. It's James here this afternoon in what would usually be a Brisbane football review recording session, but for the time being, it's actually just me here in the home office as we're all observing the relevant social distancing protocols. With no A League to talk about because the competition is on hiatus due to the coronavirus, we've decided to put the regular show on hold for the time being, and instead we're going to dig back through the archives and go for a few best of moments some of the highs, some of the lows. Some of the just fun bits to record over the last four years, you know, and we accept some of you may have joined us as late as this season, so we thought we might take you back and go through some of the fun bits of the Brisbane Football Review over the last almost four seasons. So... Let's get right into it, and we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Our very first episode, which was recorded in, I believe, early October 2016 at what was then known as the Switch 1197 Studios in Yeronga. Scott, Adam, and myself had really only met properly that afternoon, actually, so it was interesting to see how we'd go talking, and uh, well, let's get right into the awkwardness. It was the first episode of the Brisbane Football Review. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Coming to you from the Switch 1197 studios, this is a debut episode of the Brisbane Football Review. My name's James and I'm going to be your host for the next 27-odd weeks as we go through the A-League season. I'm joined by Scott and Adam. Guys, welcome.
1: Hey James, how are you?
0: James, good to be with you. Thanks guys. Now we're presented in conjunction with Outside90.com and The Daily Football Show. We're going to be working with them throughout the season. Now first of all, let's start with some introductions. Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Okay, well I've been a Brisbane fan pretty much since day one and people probably know the Raw review on social media, Facebook and Twitter. I co-founded that in 2011. And here we are. So,
0: that's it. So, this is the next step for that page going Absolutely. into
2: Brisbane football. It's about two months in the making. So, good to get started. Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, basically, my so I guess small claim to fame is that you now I guess a, a bit of a presence on Facebook. Um, obviously, big, big raw supporter been there most of uh, of their time, and uh, yeah, basically, he yeah, like I said, it's good to be on board.
0: Excellent. Now. For those of you listening through Outside90.com, you might have read some of my stuff doing Socceroos coverage, and it's just great to be talking for once instead of writing. Alright, so let's get started. Um, what do we want to do with this, Scott? What do you hope to achieve out of the Brisbane Football Review?
2: Well, it's, uh, we're growing further. We're going to hopefully integrate with some of the other fan channels around the league. And yeah, just podcasting, maybe some videos. Yeah. That's it, we're going to be uh, doing those video uh, match recaps after the Brisbane
0: Raw-Melbourne victory game on Friday night. I believe
2: they're doing fan cams as well, James.
0: Yeah, that's it. I'm going to be talking to the drunk people outside Suncorp Stadium (laughs) and editing out all the naughty words that they say. (laughs) Alright, so let's get into the off-season that's been for the Brisbane Raw. So, it was a bit of a dramatic off-season with more ownership dramas with the Backread group. Mm -hmm. Adam, what do you think is going to take to solve all of this this season?
1: Uh, look, it, it's a multitude of things. I think it's a case of, you know, at some point the FFA have got to look and see, well, you know, the batteries, you know, are they doing the right thing, not by only the sport in this in the city, in the state, but also as well overall as a brand. And I think I think they've done some damage um, as far as, you know, support, as the membership numbers attest mm-hmm. to. And I think it comes down to, they've got to draw a line in the sand and say no more chances. They've, give, they've given them probably too many t- chances and... Yeah, it's, it's now it's now time to either put up or shut up for the batteries.
0: That's it, definitely. And one of the main issues has been the fact that they've been late with wages again, and there's been more drama about who's going to be the managing director of the club. All right, Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about Mark Kingsman, the new managing director of the Raw?
2: Okay, so we don't know too much about him, but we know he's the CEO of East Coast Car Rentals, and he seems to be more about actions rather than words. So he's not saying as much as what Cobb was saying previously. It's more about actions. Examples like back at Ballymore now. Finally, back to a training venue that the Aloisi likes. Because I don't think Griffith was really re- up for it. So that's kind of the way he's running it, about actions rather than words. So you might not hear much from him, but it seems to be running much smoother behind the scenes now.
0: But it seems like one of the things the fan base really wants is actions instead of empty promises. Absolutely. Now, have heard enough. That's it. Now, there have been some fixtures taking place. One proper competitive one, that was the FFA Cup against Perth. Now, what did you guys make? We'll start off with Adam.
1: We, had, we played a couple of closed-door friendlies, and uh, we're, at the end of the day, Perth were just uh, too good. Um, was there room for improvement? Yes. But uh, in a knockout competition, you know there's only one chance, and uh, they're, they're out of the Cup. So
0: That's it. Yeah. And Scott, do you kind of feel like maybe the Raw don't treat the FFA Cup as a priority, more as sort of like a pre-season tournament that will help them warm up for the main competition
2: in the A-League? I think a lot of teams treat it that way, to be honest with you. If you look at the um, Adelaide, got knocked out by Brisbane Strikers. Obviously, they brought a very young side up. I think the Mariners took a young side down to Melbourne as well. So, I think a few teams have done that. But on the on the night, I think Perth just they had the set piece advantages. They had it last year. And I think it's going to be a big strength of theirs again this year, and they just made it count.
0: That's it. It does kind of feel like there's a bit of an attitude of, well, if we get through the first couple of rounds as a professional club, then we might start to ramp things up as the season gets closer. Now, there have been a number of pre-season friendly. Scott, you've been to a fair few of them. What's stood out for you so far?
2: Uh, there's been a bit of a change in system, that's the biggest thing that's stood out for me. It's a change in midfield, as opposed to a flat three, it's more of a two-sitting and a number ten type. I think it's to accommodate Brett Holman. I think he's going to be a big part of the way the team plays. So It's been alright, nothing's really stood out in terms of individual performances or anything, but yeah, that's been the biggest thing I've noticed, is the slight change in midfield.
0: All right, and Adam, what have you taken away from this preseason so far?
1: Um, I think I think a lot of the um, these composite games against the BPL All-Stars and the MPL Under 23s Look, it's a good it's a good thing for the community, but you know, as far as raw preparation, does it really um, make difference? Does it really show where this side really is at? You know, you know, just scraping by the MPL side against Akusak a couple of weeks ago is that really preparation going into the season proper? I'm sure John Aloisi will say yes, but uh, look, I guess the proof's going to be in the pudding on Friday night.
0: Well, I see, and I think based on the results from Aloisi's first season, you have to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, Absolutely. considering how yeah. well they came out of the blocks Absolutely. last year. Mm. Alright, now this is the Brisbane Football Review. We're going to come back and look through the entire Raw squad, so we'll be back after this at Switch 11.97. Okay, I will actually admit that having listened to it back, it wasn't anywhere near as awkward as it was in the studio that afternoon as we were all trying to work out what to say, what we couldn't say, and what would or wouldn't translate. Either way, I think it's fair to say we've gone on to better shows since then, and yeah, who would have thought the... 130-odd episodes later, we'd still be going without any yelling at each other. Anyway, that was just me. Either way, it's been a fun journey. Now, we're going to also go back to what was probably our best segment from that first season, and that was uh, recapping the first Orange Sunday, and this has actually been one of the most popular re-listens for people downloading our podcast archives about, and this was recorded a couple of days after the anniversary of Orange Sunday 1, the Roar Against the Central Coast Mariners, and you know, it's come up a few times in the show since then, but this was the first time where we really got down the rabbit hole properly, discussing our memories of what was the best day of being a Brisbane Raw fan in, well, pretty much the history of the club. So, these are our memories, we do kind of waffle on a little bit, but it was a lot of fun either way, so here's what we had to say about that and uh, our Orange Sunday 1 memories. All right, so we're going to move on to our mailbag segment for this week, unless I've missed any stories.
2: I can't think of anything.
0: All right, so was it was two days ago, Monday. That was the sixth anniversary, it feels still like yesterday, of Orange Sunday 1. Brisbane Raw, you know, Central Coast Mariners sold out Suncorp Stadium. What amazed me about that day was everyone was decked out in orange. Because you go to the Raw games and yeah. everyone would be, you know, just in their summer t-shirts yeah. and shorts and well, whatever.
2: I think there was not a, not a Raw jersey for sale around... Brisbane that week Because they'd all gone
0: I know Well my parents actually Came to the game And I think They had to just Scrounge up some orange t-shirts That were lying <laughs> around the house Just to be in the right colour And I remember I think it was that Fox Sports documentary They did a few months After yeah. the grand final I where... love that documentary yeah. Oh yeah that, <laughs> that, that still makes me feel Very very happy But um, Yeah like Posse said Like I was expecting the noise yeah. But the colour of the occasion Where the teams came out And just were met By the wall of orange And the couple of the Yellow pockets for the Mariners, mm. it was just unbelievable.
1: Oh, still, still for me, it's, it's, it's the greatest A League game I know. Maybe, maybe you know, southern Southerners might disagree, but I think yeah, that's the that's the game that stands out above anything. You think
0: A League? You think of the drama of that grand final.
2: There's been other high scoring games, stuff, but they were regular season games. But this was a grand final with everything on the line.
0: Well, can I remember last year? I did the rankings of the grand finals for Outside Ninety, and this was easily number one by a long shot. I think. I have to look up what the exact list was, but from memory, I think I had the Raw Mariners first, Raw Wanderers about third, and Raw Perth was about seventh because that actually wasn't a great game. That but,
2: gets underrated that game, but we might talk about it later but on.
0: But that game, it's like the Raw Mariners. It just felt like a real heavyweight fight because the two teams had played just yeah. before. Well, I played two games just before. The Raw won the first leg two nil, and then there was that dramatic comeback, which has been totally forgotten now.
1: Yeah, and look, and it's also as well that like the so two two clubs that are the higher powers. Like, now, Mariners were they were they were a good team back then. Like the Raw, this is the perhaps the, the greatest squad in A League history. You know that they, they were they only was, lost so one game that season. So <laughs>
0: yeah. no, it is yeah. Like, yeah well, actually, the, I saw someone on Twitter. I apologise for forgetting who it was, but they were saying you know they think that Raw squad from Grand Final they could probably have smacked around. The current Sydney FC side, and I don't
2: know if it's smacked around, but I think it would be really interesting to watch. The midfield would be really fascinating.
0: Mm. Mm. Just, the, just the way like you'd see. Berlant- I'm not
2: sure I can stop Broich. So imagine Broich against Ryan. Oh. Broich 2011 against yeah. Ryan Grant. That would be imagine phenomenal.
0: the fun. But uh, so finished 90 minutes nil nil. What were you thinking at that point, Adam? I saw at that time.
1: I'm still thinking back. It's a few, <laughs> it was six years ago. But uh, look, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe Raw can sneak one, but. Obviously, yeah, no, it was a really it was a really, really tight game. A typical grand final where, you no, know, it's very conservative. And look at that stage it was anyone's game, but you now the to the Roaring me, Raw supporting me said, you no, know, oh, we'll, we'll we'll be right.
2: And I was a total opposite, my nerves was shot about twenty <laughs> minutes ago. I was thinking back to all like, the early mm. Raw games where they were attack, 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 and then get the sucker punch. And they were on it. We were massively yeah. attacking in the second half and just could not get the goal for whatever was, reason. And I was just thinking, oh, no, this isn't going to end one of those games. Is it? And it was
0: 26, 27 games unbeaten at that point. 27
2: so like, to, into 28. Yeah. So,
0: mm. like, we, us as fans, we hadn't seen the raw lose for. I don't we, know. Well, we didn't see because the
1: one loss that season yeah. was uh, at Etihad. Yeah. So.
2: I don't think they even lost at home in no. 2010, generally, because they beat Sydney as well at the last home game of mm. the year before. So it was a long. It, Run home without a loss.
0: But yeah, I remember getting to the end of 90 minutes, and I was just thinking, oh my God, I'm already exhausted, because it had been really hot in the first half. We were sitting in the sun, because I'd accidentally bought tickets on the oh, Eastern that's a, Grandstand. That's a rookie era.
1: Well, no, yeah. because... I, I oh, meant, mind
0: you, you don't get choice on I actually meant to buy tickets in the section adjacent to the den, but accidentally clicked on best available. So we wound yeah. up in 325 Ooh, row, I want to say 10... Oh, we were all uni students at the time, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> but, yeah, so we were right in line with the penalty spot where the shootout happened, but we were cooking in the first half, and they got absolutely drenched in yeah, that, that rainstorm. That's like just yeah. stop
2: in stoppage time in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, it was like two it minutes of stoppage time, and it started then. Down. And we had
0: those clap, like weird clapper things, which we sort of turned into impromptu. I can
2: impromptu- picture r- you with one of those things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, it was just... I remember getting to the end of 90 minutes and being absolutely exhausted, and then... First half of extra time, two goals for the Mariners, and I still can hear Simon Hill's commentary of the second goal, and Buzanik surely seals the championship for the Central Coast Mariners. Mm -hmm. They're in a dog pile on the sideline, and you see Graham Arnold just grabbing them by the scruff of the neck and going, get back out on the blanking field. (laughs) And, you know, saying it's not over, it's not over. End of the first half of extra time, what's going through your mind?
1: I was actually contemplating, oh, should I be like the five to 10,000 other people <laughs> thinking, you know, it's over, let's beat the traffic, let's go go home, you know, in disappointment. So, but I think as uh, history put, it, I think I made the right call. By staying. I did
2: think it was over, but I would never have left. Mm. I was no. down in the subbed yeah. in the old RCC in 310 and I had, to, we'll get to, I had a perfect view of what happened after that.
0: Yeah, so going into the second half, I remember it was about 110 minutes where the Mariners started taking the ball into the corner.
2: They started, t- started taking the Mick, didn't they?
0: Yeah, and I and this was literally right in front of us, and I was going, "You don't do that yet." The roar can still, the RAW is still going to score.
2: What I remember is Mick Breen giving these ones. Like, yeah, ten minutes ago, I was like, "Calm down, mate."
0: Yeah, and they were in the corner, and I'm in front of them, going, "That's ridiculous. Why are you doing this with ten minutes to go? Keep pushing. You can. You're still going to need more." And then with eight minutes to go my friends were looking at me going, are you okay? Because they knew I was a little bit insane for this sort of stuff. And I went, no, 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 it's okay. They're all going to score twice and win in a shootout. And if I was talking to more than one person from the seven that I went with that day, I'm sure they'd be able to verify. (laughs) But yeah, I just remember 112 minutes and there were these families that were getting up and leaving. And I was yelling at them, probably some not nice things going, what are you doing? The game's still going.
2: There was a stream of people. Even down the southern end, there was a lot of people just leaving during the second half of extra time. It was like a stream it's, it's of It's funny that not many out. people
1: to this day will admit that they were, but there was, I look, maybe they're all ca- casual supporters, but there were a lot of people heading to the so gates uh, five, around about about 10 uh, to go.
0: I was not leaving. At least no, five. if not, not closer
2: to 10, I reckon, I would have
0: been leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to say I always knew they were going to come back, but I said, no, not I'm staying leave. till the final yep. whistle. Uh, I know still, that much. Yeah. As football fans, yeah. it's the right thing to do.
2: I yeah. was going to leave on right on full time, but I wasn't leaving beforehand. Yeah, well,
0: so was I, but that's just because I was hungry. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so then 116 minutes, ball played down the right into, I think it was Broich in the middle. Broich
2: to Solorzano. to Enrique
0: Yep, and Enrique scores in. I've seen the replay of that about 150 times and I keep getting confused about how many deflections the ball actually took.
2: I don't know how it beat Matt Ryan. I can't believe that went in.
0: Because he'd been a wall all day. And again, speaking of school-aged yeah. kids, he was like 17 at the time. Yeah.
2: He was yeah, unbelievable so. as well. Some of the saves he made in the second half of mm. normal time were sensational. Mm.
0: I actually remember one normal time where Broich just drilled the ball; it was right at him, but he still had to get yeah. down, palm it away. And then, yeah, two-one, game on.
2: No, yeah. I didn't think it was. Go- I thought it was just like a cruel, like, like, yeah. tor- like at least we got one back, torturous thing. I
0: don't. I just when that goal in, I was like, something's going to happen here. Like, yeah, I don't no, know if it's I- going to be.
2: Do you remember the Enrique chance about a minute and a half later? Yes, I thought that was it. I thought that's it. We've now we're definitely done. That but, was our moment. But
0: that was also when I thought you'd had you'd had Franucci and Stefan Udo really pushing up from the fullback spot. You're going to get Bernie Abini, who, by the way, like Matt Ryan was phenomenal. Yeah, Bernie Abini.
2: Like ever since then,
0: they I've been one of his biggest fans. Yeah. He was yeah. unbelievable in that game. Totally turned it for yeah. the Mariners. They don't
2: score if he's not on the field. Because yeah. the amount of runs he made in behind. And they then.
0: So was it Rocky Visconti for a blast yeah, for the past? I was
2: just getting ready to yep. absolutely blow up at the referee for giving that. I was a foul, but I was getting ready to absolutely blow up at the referee for giving it.
0: I would say given the way that game was officiated, I'm fine with him not blowing yeah. the whistle.
2: There. I'll take it. Yeah. It's <laughs> a clear foul. I think we can all admit it's a foul.
1: I, I think it was two weeks two weeks in the NRL these days, that hit.
2: <laughs> well, there were two shoulders going <laughs> yeah. head to head. But and I think it
0: was actually against was it McBreen or
2: No, I'm No, it was the fullback. Oh, Peds Bowich, I think. Yeah, Bowich. Yeah, mm-hmm. and,
0: but then Bowich made the really bizarre decision to just blast the ball over the byline instead of the sideline, which then set up that corner. Yep. And what felt like an eternity, I'm sitting there screaming at Michael Theo going, get in the box,
2: get in the box! Like, is that, it was just until his own half, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And he, like, but it had gotten that loud in Suncorp. He was trying to yell at the bench saying, what do I do here? Yeah. And they were all just looking there. Graham Arnold's pointing at his watch, going "Time's up," despite the fact there's still 45 seconds to go. And then Broich puts the ball into the box. Pardalu wins the header. I see the back of the net bulge and well, blackout.
2: I saw, <laughs> I saw the perfect angle because it doesn't work visually. But I was on the, that 45 degree angle, looking right through the corner of the net. And as soon as he, as soon as it hit his head, I knew it was in, just because of the direction the ball was heading in. And the, there's no way the keepers get into that. Yep. And you know, I blacked out as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I. The next thing I remember, the penalty shootout was like two penalties in. I I don't remember the start of the shootout at all. I may have kissed everyone in the row we were sitting <laughs> with when that one. Went <laughs> in apparently. I can tell you, it was absolute bedlam in the front of yeah, three yeah. ten. Even even moment. the
1: normally mild three hundred one, we were in row. I think row twenty four or something three, in three hundred one, and um, yeah, even that, like they're normally fairly reserved. Even that was just bedlam. That, that yeah. was yeah, everyone I'd was, was just losing airbags. their mind. And... Fifty thousand people just losing their mind. 40,
2: 45,000. No, I mean, five I mean, trying to skip yeah, back. Yeah. In. Course, they're them. <laughs> well,
0: there were still, still a fair few people on the concourses so I yeah. think probably saw the or heard the Enrique goal and went, Oh, I'd just hang around for a few yeah. minutes, take my time going down the stairs. Next goal, all right, better get back up to the, our yeah. seats for the shootout. But it was just unbelievable. And I be- think when Padalu's header went in, that is still the loudest recorded crowd roar in Suncorp State in Australian sports, possibly. I
2: can't remember a louder, louder sound than no, that. No, no, no,
0: and yeah, so like I actually remember listening to I think it was the ABC radio commentary of that as well, and Quentin Hull, who I think is an underrated game caller, had a really good like call of it, just going, "You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> or, who doesn't believe in this orange season or yeah. something?" But it was just mental. And then we had the shootout to go.
2: Yeah, you might have to describe the start. Set up, cause I don't remember it. I remember that. I, I remember hearing a sound like I thought they they thought Theo say the, the first, first shot. yeah, Mariners shot that's first. When I, that's when I that's I start paying attention again because I was. Out of it at that point. So
0: Mariner shot first. I forget who it was. I forget who took the first shot, but it sort of hit Theo in the hands and bounced well, over I've him. I've
2: seen the video. It was Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then the then uh, was it Franić got the Roars first one.
1: I think so. I, I think it yeah. was Franić. Yeah.
0: Franić. Yep. Then the Mariner's second Wilkinson shot. Wilkinson was second. Wilkinson got his. That was actually a very okay. nice penalty. Pardalu drilled his into the bottom corner and. I think despite I thought
2: that went wide from my angle because I had fences in the way I couldn't really see over them. So
0: I was watching a video and at this point, the friend that I'm still talking to, Chris, is one of my groomsmen coming up in a few months. He, he was actually videoing it, but his hand was shaking it. So he had to hand it to one of the other guys we were sitting with because his hands were slightly more stable. And I should point out, Chris, diehard Sydney guy, like sky blue and everything. It was there in his West Ham jersey and even he was getting caught up in it. So
1: oh, I think I think you're not you're not a sports lover if you yank a car, no matter who your
0: religious were, except for Mariners, of course. Then then things took a turn for the uh Raw's favour with a brilliant save by Michael Theo on yes, Daniel McBreen. That
2: was oh that was that was a brilliant save, the first one.
0: Mm. And Then Matt Mackay walked up and just dispatched it quite quickly because I think he just thought, no, let's that just get this rubb- over another one. <laughs> that was a
2: rubbish penalty from Matt Mackay too. But he sent But Ryan
0: went the wrong way. And then was it uh Pedge Boich had one that was
2: Hadn't always hit the moon. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it was a good save from Theo, though. He got his hand up to it. It was kind of not exactly the same, but a bit of a mirror of Schwarzer against Uruguay, that second one. Yeah.
1: No, like, the of oh, so, wow, wow, the, the great sort of pressure saves. So,
0: yeah. And then Enrique stepped up to take the penalty. Did his little sutter step. <laughs> and you can still hear watching the replay, everybody yeah. in the ground just... <gasps>
2: yeah. That silence right before it.
0: And then everyone just lost their mind as Enrique won Brisbane's first premiership and yeah. unbelievable
2: and the celebrations afterwards were fantastic yeah. if we could experience that once or twice more that hour after that's I don't miss grand final day I miss the celebrations afterwards <laughs> because I hate grand finals I get completely nervous and barely enjoy the game oh. but if we could if I could get that that feeling for an hour after the game again a couple more times that would be great look I think
0: we can all agree like I just personally I've seen a lot of phenomenal comebacks from all the sports teams yeah. that I follow mm. Nothing beats That's that raw Grand one, Final. Yeah. yeah, like it beats this year's Super Bowl, just everything. Two yeah. goals in four minutes to send it to a shootout. You will yeah. not beat that.
2: No. Well, there's a many night offender you had 99 with the um, two goals in stoppage time, but that this is far more than that. It's just unbelievable. I can't think of any of my sports <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just something about who I support other than the raw. So.
2: <laughs> but
0: yeah, I thought that was just... An unbelievable day. So we actually asked for some of your memories of Orange Sunday 1. Scott's just bringing those up on yep. his phone
2: right now. Have you got them, Scott? I've got a couple, starting with our Luke Wilson says his mum accidentally bought tickets in the front of the Mariners Supporters Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was about 13 at the time. He says, he, he says the heartbreaking look on the Mariner's face is something he's not going to forget. He said he absolutely lost it as well.
0: Oh, I think, yeah, everyone did. What else? We got, there were, we got a few really good ones, I thought, actually. Yeah,
2: I'm trying to find them all now. Um. Yeah, Michael Doyle was sapping 526 with his mum and his mate. He says he can't forget the small things like Ivan Francis, header on target, hitting the, hitting the ground and not rolling over the line. Yep. I, I, mean, I don't even remember that. Uh, it was... He says he was wearing his Padlo away shirt and his mate was wearing the Mackay shirt, looking around at people around us leave because they thought we'd lost. and Rekha got, got us within a goal. I knew we'd get another. My mate yelling for Padlo to get, get down for the corner and <laughs> the elation around the Yep. Well, it sort of puts into perspective me trying to yeah. yell at Theo.
0: And uh, there
2: cool. is one really good story here as well from um, Kylie Dalzell. That's one I was actually looking yeah. for. She <laughs> says she was out in the outback in Queensland watch, Ilf, watching Ilforkan? the game. Ilforkan, watching Ilforkan, the game, yeah. yep. But I believe uh, her old man Ian Dalzell. Um, if you've been to a lot of raw games, you know who Ian Dalzell is. The, um, the, raw, the raw players shaved his moustache off after the after the game in celebration. So there you go. Yep, and we got if a few.
1: You know, if, you know, in, like, if you know, if you know Delzels, Ian Dalzell, you know, know exactly
2: what yeah. that means. Yeah, it was,
0: and look, it's one of those strange things, I remember going back and watching the TV broadcast of the game, and it's one of those things where Simon Hill, like, for, you know, whatever you might not like about it, I love him personally, mm. he's got just that voice and skill that adds yeah. to the moment.
2: Yeah, I think he's the best. I, I think I think for
1: him personally, I think he, being the, the, the head caller on the 2005, uh, but World Cup qualifier. Oh, for him that might have been the the pinnacle.
2: But I think this one came pretty close as well. Well, he also got to Japan 2006 World Cup game in general. Oh, to, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Well. But
0: the one thing that actually I've heard from Simon Hill since then, he actually hates his call of the Uruguay game because he said he got too caught up in it.
2: He uh, thought he got too caught up. Imagine Craig <laughs> the next to him.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's just something interesting. So you actually wonder, to like, yeah. if professionally, yeah. that might actually rank higher than soccer. The soccer is game because. He just called the game as it was, and it might have been a better technical one. But actually, the one thing I still remember, I think it was the next day, I actually had to go to uni. Oh,
2: I took the day off.
0: Yeah, I wish I had. Because I showed up still in my raw jersey, which was drenched in sweat, rain, and probably several other drinks from people around (laughs) us. And I showed up, I might shout, I don't remember, but (laughs) I had no voice whatsoever. And yeah. my uni, yeah. and same thing happened after Perth in yeah. two thousand and twelve, where my tutors started asking me every single question, <laughs> so I had to get the person next to me to relay yeah. the answers because I was talking like this. Yeah, I,
1: I remember. I de- definitely. Two thousand eleven. I don't think I stayed out. Two thousand twelve. <laughs> definitely. I, oh, yeah. I. remember that. I remember the grand yeah. ball celebration after that.
0: So, but, oh, don't. <laughs> just leaving the. I just remember, like leaving the stadium after that game. I just sat down and was like, "Did
2: that yeah. just really yeah. happen?" Yeah, I remember. I when we got. Some furbies, some mates after the game, and then we went over to a couple of the pubs on Caxton Street. My goodness! Yeah, I was completely drained after that game because it was such an emotional it, game. It took me like a week to recover from yeah. that. Just being in stadium, yep. getting it back and forth, back. Well, and I don't forth. think I got out of bed on Monday. And Tuesday, <laughs> I only got out of bed because it was the raw the parade in town, so I went in and watched that. So oh, that's the only. I think that's the only reason I could be bothered getting up and move moving. So I think I was going to go to the parade, but I was like you said, just yep. that drained. <laughs> I thought prob- can wait.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah on, but that that was when I was still trying to be a committed student.
2: Yeah, that's overrated.
0: But <laughs> no, I think that was some fun memories of what yep. was an absolutely unbelievable oh, day. It's it's
1: it, for me, like I say it's, it's the highlight of you know, you know following the A League you know for the eleven or so years that's been on. So like let's hope yeah. there's me more to come
2: because that whole season was surreal. given what we'd been through the year before, mm. just to go from that to what we what we were privileged to witness was,
0: and also consider the fact that. What, two months before the season starts, there were all these reports that Poster might be getting the sack.
2: Well, I will say this. I did speak to Andrew Postacoglu the very, no, the second day of pre-season. No, it was the first day of pre-season at Brisbane City. We were just, a couple of us were leaning on the fence in the the pre-game. We came over and had a chat. And we asked him what he thought the season would be like. He said, we'll be competitive. We're going to go to the Gold Coast and win in round one. Got a draw. Should have won. And we'll be super competitive this season. Well, he
0: wasn't wrong funny thing is I actually remember that Gold Coast game we we all went down we're sitting in the den with all the fans and going there's a lot of new players who's (laughs) portal and I actually thought broich was quite average at that point how wrong I've been it's why you don't trust your knee-jerk reactions alright I think I need to sit down after just remembering that grand final take a few minutes to catch my (laughs) breath we'll be back after this yeah okay that was still a lot of fun to listen back to um yeah, I won't try and waffle on too much uh, here now. And to say that'll be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, everyone, for taking this trip back down memory lane. I'm going to have to go find another topic to try and centre a few highlights around for next week. But in the meantime, stay safe. Um, yeah, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Best of, we'll talk to you then.